0: Thomas, how are you
1: yeah feeling great today. Happy to be here with you
0: I'm happy to be here with you. I think you are now the um reigning champ in terms of mobile dev memo podcast appearances
1: yeah um, I, I, I feel uh, I feel privileged in this in this <laughs> regard but I'm always happy to listen to the to the other episodes so thanks for inviting me it's, a, it's an honor actually
0: of course. I think this is um This is this is I'm really excited for this conversation because we've already kind of had it right Uh, a little bit. Um, So we've been just kind of chatting uh, idly on the mobile dev memo slack for a while Um, and kind of going back and forth about why we think Google can get away with not showing the ATT prompt. Um, and we've been doing that in private and I thought, hey, this is a uh, good fodder for a podcast because I think, well, I know um, that this is a question that lots of people are struggling with. And I thought, you know, maybe it would be an interesting addition uh, to the to the to the catalog of thought out there on this topic if we just sort of uh, speak out loud.
1: Sure. Seems a great uh, hot topic with lots of speculative takes
0: yeah. The best kind of podcast. Um, <laughs> okay. So, so I, so background for people listening, cause you know, this, uh, I was writing a post about this and I've been working on it for like two weeks. Um, and I was, you know, pretty deep into the post, more than a thousand words. And that was all just background, right? That was all just like, Hey, here's, here's th- here are things you need to know before, you can really even start to understand why it's cha- it's challenging for me to believe that Google can just, you know, make the claim that they're not going to uh, expose the ATT prompt, right? Like there's just a lot of back there. There's a lot of just sort of like baseline knowledge you need in this sort of topic and the topic being like ATT broadly and, and iOS 14 and the IDFA deprecation and the application to the mobile web, all that stuff. You just, there's a, there's a, there's a high bar to even really having, A productive conversation about it, and so this post was just getting really long, and hadn't even really gotten to the question yet, right? It was just here's (laughs) why it's probably it's probably here's why it's difficult for me to believe that they can do that, right? And so I think I just I want to kind of hover there for a second, like what when when you talk about this with people, because I mean there 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 maybe a number of people that I can trust that talk about this. You know, intelligently, A, intelligently with just sort of like that baseline understanding of like how these systems work and B, kind of like with enough kind of, you know, um, current like sort of up-to-date intel to really know what they're talking about. There's like a handful of people that I I know that can do that. You're one of them. Is, Is that a challenge that you face in, you know, just with this topic, just finding people that can, and like, I think I'm starting to believe that a lot of the misinformation, it's not even really intentional it's just people that either aren't up to date on like the latest and this whole thing has been a whirlwind and you kind of have to be you know moment to moment and but b just don't really understand these underlying systems enough to have a credible opinion
1: i mean yeah the amount of people who've got a a good understanding of of the underlying element there probably counts on the hundreds in the world at best so this is the the pool of people we can exchange with and most likely the ceiling of, of the target audience of this podcast. Um, and, and a lot of my work has been ex- actually providing these elements to other people who are not yet at this level of conversation. And, and I think it's it's cool, but then we both want to push the limit and, and there are still a lot of, of known unknowns and unknown unknowns where we need to exchange with peers. So, so it's good we have this chat privately and publicly. Um, for me, one of the reasons most people don't get to that level is because there are too many subtopics. Like people mention, like ATT or the IDFA revolution or, or scan and there, there's so many like, you need to narrow it down. Okay, let's talk about the content itself. Let's talk about how the data is look, uh, gonna look like. Let's talk about uh, audiences and re- re- let's talk about, uh, but you can't talk about it all at the same time. And I think here on the topic at hand of how is going to Google not show the consent prompt and still be able to operate effectively on on Google app campaigns known as UAC needs most of these subtopics to be understood. So, yeah, I mean, it is how it is. It makes a good thing, which is consultants like us get work to do, you know, because people ask us. So I guess it's also a good thing.
0: (laughs) I guess, sort of. So I actually got accused... Of being biased, um, recently I won't go into the the, the circumstances. Maybe we could talk about that privately. But um, you know, someone there was this accusation that made against me, like, "Hey, well, you're biased because you work for these companies that do mobile marketing, and so you want them, uh, you want to preserve the status quo." And I was um, like, I was thinking, no way! Like, this is this is this is like, if you're if you are a consultant and you charge people for your time, this is the best sort of you know frenzied kind of uh you you know commercial moment right like this you thrive in moments like this when there's a lot of uncertainty and change if i just if everything stayed the same then nothing would increase for me there's no growing in that in that i mean i don't you know i don't i don't know how much it's there's just not a whole lot more ground to cover right with the current status quo it just felt weird for someone to say that my intention here was to sort of keep everything the same because that would be, you know, sort of the most lucrative for as a consultant.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, if you were managing paid budget, maybe but that's not the case. Um, but there, there's one part where this person might be wrong, which is like uh, that you want to start a school. There's one part where they're not is we all have uh, our bias, our bias of where our experience come from, the bias of beliefs and opinions. But at the end of the day, in a world where everybody's biased, who are you going to ask those hard questions to the company who's actually having a billion dollar bias Mm
0: -hmm. or,
1: or, or like a lot of everybody's got their own bias, but, and I'm happy to take the perspective of networks of MMPs of CDPs of agencies, advertisers, CMO. And I form my own from that, but I believe here in this space, like, out of everybody, people like you and me, we're the least biased because we have no interest in saying one thing or in another. Like there's no income coming if I'm pushing to say that we can fingerprint or not. Like there's nothing I'm gonna earn less or more if I take one position or right. the other. So I guess out of everybody being biased, we're probably among the least biased.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I would hope so. I, I just, it just felt weird. Given, yeah. I don't know, just give it, that's a consultant thrives in yeah. uncertainty and change. Like if all this stuff, and this is not going to be like a short-term transition. This is, you're talking like a year or yeah. more of people just getting like kind of, um, you know, sort of you know, critical mass equipped, right? Like not even just fully like, um, you know, operational, uh, you know, at the same kind of standard that they were they were performing before. This is just sort of like getting the, the machinery in place. Anyway, um okay, I want to I want to dive in. I want to be I want to sort of directly attack this topic. Let's go Why, straight at it. <laughs> let's go straight at it. Let's just point our bazook at this topic. Why does Google not have to show how oh sorry. How how can Google not show the ATT prompt? I think what what that did, when they announced that that they were not going to do that I think that is the, the moment at which this, everything became the, the, the least certain for me, right? Because I felt like, the, I felt like okay, there was a common understanding before that, right? So Facebook came back and they said, hey, look, we originally said we're not gonna collect the IDFA and we have no intention of collecting the IDFA. So therefore we don't need to show the ATT prompt because we're not, gonna, we're not gonna try to access the IDFA. And that's what the ATT prompt covers, right? And that's what they originally said in, in August. Then December, they walked it back. They said, look, we talked to Apple um apple said they will not allow our apps to remain in the app store if we do not show the att prompt even if even if we have no intention of accessing the idfa and then that's also when they gave the guidance that um the mobile web campaigns would be affected by att and there would be this um you know whole new sort of measurement methodology for mobile web Mm campaigns. and so that that was that was kind of the first uh you know sort of awakening right and then and then like what a a month later google said we're not going to we're not going to show the ATT prompt because we're not going to access the IDFA, And so that called in a question, you know, the re- the requirement of showing the ATT prompt. And, and we've had a pretty robust uh, discussion, not just the two of us, but, you know, in, involving a number of people on the on the mobile dev memo Slack. Why? When do you have to show it? When do we do we know? Do we feel like do you and I feel like um, the two of us just just the two of us have a very concrete understanding of what the requirements are for having to show the ATT prompt?
1: I guess there are a couple of, of gray area cases where it's debatable, but the, the the main the main sort of way of thinking through that in a simple manner is the following: is as long as you keep your data internally and use it for any purpose that is internal, it's fine. We, you don't need to prompt, even if it's something that identifies the the user at a personal level. As soon as you're gonna manipulate this data in any way that can be used with third-party, not necessarily that you will use it with third-party, that requires a consent. And I guess this is where the confusion is, is, oh, but I'm doing nothing with it. Yeah, but you can. And I I don't know how Apple is going to enforce that. And the the way I explain it in a simple way to people is, uh, the moment you're going to exchange information with a third-party, you need consent here, or you do it in aggregate. Those are the only two. That's it, period. Then the debate of, if you're collecting data that can be used with other apps but you're not using it is is a bit of a more complex discussion here and for most people i try to simplify it in this way like anything you exchange with others means this is tracking
0: yeah yeah i mean that's 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 been my understanding as well and that's also been my guidance to people it's like look you know the the there's um you know the the outcome here is more extreme on 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 airing uh, against uh, exposing the prompt, right? Because because you could you, if your if your app gets blocked from the app store, right? If, I mean, if you've ever been through this, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's 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 just uh, it's a nightmare, right? Yep. And so so you know you you it's just like there's asymmetric uh, risk here. Like if you don't show the prompt. And you get blocked from the app store. Your your life is going to be consumed by trying to get your app back into the app store for the next two weeks. Uh, whereas if you show it, you know, worst case scenario is, uh, you know, some people churn early because they saw the prompt. Because because keep in mind, if you don't show it, you can't access the IDFA anyway, right? You can't leave really it. But but here here was my so I think your your uh, understanding of when you have to show it mirrors mine. The way I kind of position this is. Any, if you if you are accessing data that could be used for tracking, no matter what your intent is with that data you have to show the prompt right because so, how can Apple can't possibly know what you're going to do on the back end server to server right now Facebook said we're, we're not going to accept this data server to server so it doesn't matter whether you have it or not um, if the user has opted out on Facebook right so if we if we if we have gotten the opt-out notice, we Facebook have gotten the opt-out notice we're not going to give you access to this uh, server-side, uh, the server-side APIs, the sort of um, mm-hmm. these means of transmitting this data to us, anyway. But but so that's so so. But there are other ad platforms that probably would accept that, and they say, "Hey, we don't know where this came from." Um,
1: if, you, yeah. if you take it from the advertiser side, let's say you've got just one app, you're doing nothing bizarre with this uh, personal data, but then you've got a sign-up process. And you're like, okay, right. I'm collecting this email because I want to re-engage this user or send him promo. Everything that is internal use, I'm not using this email for anything but yeah. communicating my user directly. I mean, the understanding that you're using this to track on third party in this case is wrong. So you can say, I'm taking the email, I'm not using yeah. the prompt, and I'm using this email internally. But at the yeah. same time, this email could be used to build audiences, for example, right. or I don't know. Share share emails in other way than that, but doesn't matter. Like the case at hand is, you could virtually build an audience out of it. So if you have the option to do it, then you need the consent. What do right. I do with the emails of people who don't consent? I still have it. Do I have to not send email about them? Do I have to erase them from my database? I don't yeah. think many many apps are gonna go as far as that. And if this is Apple understanding, it's extremely limiting. Like, I mean. Yeah. Should I stop sending emails to 80% of my database just because some other people use emails to build audience? I think that's extremely restrictive and it's where it's not entirely clear. Like, I mean, the IDFA, you can't you can't access it anyway. So it's kind of a simple case. But other identifiers, such as the email, is a little bit more borderline. I mean, I'm not I'm not fingerprinting people here, but I'm I'm using them for legitimate purposes. And I think you can defend that you're using it for. For legitimate purposes, but there's a bit of an unclear area in this in this in this part,
0: right? Yeah, and I mean, I think if if well, so that's why my understanding here has been that you know it's a de facto requirement showing the ATT prompt, right? I mean, it's not it's not you know it's not literally true that every single app will have to show it, right? I mean, uh, the the example I've given is like if you have a flashlight app that you know, the only purpose it serves is to just is a button that you that that gets pressed and it, it turns a flashlight on. You have no it, no connection to any other sort of server or outside service. It's just an app. It just exists in the app store, right? You think about those kind of apps that were you know created like early on, uh, like in two thousand eight, right? Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that, that would not have to show the prompt. You're not collecting any data, right? Mm-hmm. You have no third party SDKs, um, and so that would not show the prompt. But I mean. Any app that is running a business will, um, and, and, and that's not literally true, right? But it, it, it becomes true when you think about all the things that you need to do to run a business that would trigger the prompt. You need to have third-party uh, ad monetization uh, SDKs integrated. You need to have third-party advertising SDKs integrated. You need to have potentially a third-party analytics service integrated. You need to collect all this data that could be used for tracking, and so therefore you need to show the prompt. Because if you don't show the prompt, the sort of understanding is like, well, I never asked the user um, uh, what, whether I could sort of use their data for tracking, and I won't use the IDFA, so therefore all bets are off. Well, Apple will say, no, Apple has made it very clear, like, no, we're not going to let you do that, right? If you have data that could be used for tracking, you have to show the prompt. It's not just a gated access. It's the, the prompt isn't just to gate access to the IDFA. The prompt is to get um, a user's consent for tracking writ large. Right. And so you can't then just say, well, hey, no, I technically didn't, they technically didn't say no because they didn't opt out because they never showed the prompt. And then, and then use all this, all these other data points that are sort of outside of Apple's purview, right, to track people. Because if, if the user opted out and you do that, then you've kind of violated um, this agreement between yourself and the user. And there's probably some, some, uh, you know, consequences that uh, can be applied to you. But if you, if you don't get the consent, then that's, that's not the case. So I don't think Apple's going to allow you to just not show it.
1: Yeah, uh, here, here, my the big question is, what What do you do with the user who don't consent, but you still have intention to use this for internal, so to use that kind of information for, for internal purpose? Just like for the, the simple example of, of, I have the email, that, that person has not consented to use that email with third party. Can I still send emails to you? I don't think Apple is going to really go after that. They don't have a direct mean of control like they have on the IDFA they can't realize that you're sending emails because they run reviews and checks and audits. Are they going to really block you from the app store because you've been sending emails from people who are actually giving you the email? So they kind of say no on the native consent prompt, but when you ask them for the email, they actually give it to you. Let's say in this case, the sign-up process is not mandatory. You can still use the app without signing up. It's kind of a very, a bit of a, of a borderline case there. Um, but your, your point was that pretty much everybody needs to use the consent prompt if we take the most radical acceptation of of uh, of what Apple has defined. Uh, early on, when I was a little bit less strict than that, and a little bit less, less radical, and today, I believe this is what Apple meant, but it's not necessarily what is going to be enforced. Like it's not how the law is going to be applicated. And there's a bunch of of developers who asked me like, oh, when do I request the prompt? I was like, you know what? Before we look at how and when, we're going to look at if we do. I was like, okay, let's run through a checklist. Um, Are you running an ads monetized business? Because in this case, obviously the consented audience is going to have a different value and you have an interest in showing the prompt. Uh, How much are you integrated with third party? And tell me which ways. So let's say you do run campaign of user acquisition on on networks like Facebook and Google. Well, if you don't send them back the conversion, the optimization is going to suck. So you probably want to get the consent to get your campaign optimized in a better way, which, for example, in simple network that don't receive uh, conversions, such as Apple search ads or for a very long time, such as (laughs) Pinterest even or, or others, I mean technically you don't really need to in this case but we agree that when we take serious business in the app store it's a minority who's not collecting anything that might infringe the strict definition Apple Apple provided yeah um the the other way and that that enables us to to redirect this into 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 Google as we as we wanted is let let's like apple is clear that this this data is not, does not require consent if it comes in aggregate and is fully anonymized. And so what, one of the different hypotheses about uh, how can Google not require consent would be that they're rebuilding their whole systems to actually deal with data entirely on aggregate and use segments instead of people and use like sort of cohorts of anonymized user um, so that that that's a possibility. We don't know what's going on. I think it's a huge, huge refactoring that they need to to do there. And I don't know if it can be executed in just a few months. Um, but that's a possibility. I mean, if everything you do is aggregated, that's still legit. you don't you don't need the consent in this case.
0: Yeah, um, I think we we skipped ahead a little bit. Yeah, next. I did, I, I did
1: I, I, because I wanted I want, to go there, so this I want podcast doesn't go for two hours.
0: <laughs> uh, no, you're right. Okay, I, I I want to I want to I want to make my way there. Sure, and we'll do that next. Let's I, I, I want to, uh, but I want to I want to kind of like you know just sort of carve out one point into the mm-hmm. mountainside here, okay. uh, which is important. It, it's like this this ambiguity, the fact that we're having, you know, a discussion over these fine points, right. Is bad. That's a bad outcome. I mean, it means it hasn't been rolled out in a way that was clearly communicated to people. Um, mm-hmm. And my, you know, best understanding is that this is going live next month, right? I mean, yeah. like we're we're sort of in the last stages of preparation time here. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you know we're having this kind of discussion. No, I mean, you know, you hear from people who say like, no, 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 it's very simple, blah blah blah. No, it's not. You know, I think if if you've been paying attention. You realize just it's not just edge cases we're talking about. There's just fundamentally uh, a lack of understanding of when this applies, and that got exacerbated by Google saying we're not going to show the prompt (laughs) for all the reasons we just we just mentioned. Because how could Google not be? uh, How how could how could Google not uh, trigger any of those requirements, right? How how could Google not? How can now,
1: the how can the company who's doing most tracking in the world be the only one who escaped a, a, a strict tracking protocol? It's kind of ironic, to if you think about it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, and and if Facebook has to, it just doesn't make any sense. And so, okay. Now, now, now we're we've sort of uh, accelerated <laughs> past the, the the you know the muddy part <laughs> of the track, and we're you know we're now we're just sort of into the, uh, into the sort of uh, you know picking apart Google. But okay, so. Fine. They could institute some sort of like deterministic policy, a uh, deterministic privacy system. I don't think they could do it that fast, right? I mean, if you think about applying the Flock, it isn't even being tested with real user data yet, right? The Flock, the federated learning of cohorts, the deterministic privacy um, methodology that they're building for Chrome. Uh, you know, they just released this this report saying, hey, we can re- we can achieve like ninety five percent efficiency with Flock mm-hmm. relative to cookies. That was tested on on a simulation, yeah, so they ran like sim- simulations of of clicks. It, it didn't. It's uh-huh. it's not real data. So if they're not even there on Chrome yet, and they've been working. It, they've had a what, year and a half lead start. I mean, how yeah. could they possibly be there on mobile? There's no way.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's no way this can be done on a, on the three months timeline. I, I I I just don't buy it because the the magnitude of the complexity is high. And then even even though this sort of proof of concept would work in in theory, which they seem it does. And you move this to to practice at a at a a small level and it still does it which isn't proven yet moving a proof of concept to uh, something that is running at that kind of scale is just is just massive amount of work like i mean it's not trivial at all i don't think anybody is able to execute this in this time span of month i mean we're we're talking about huge complexity at a huge scale and and yeah I, i have i have issues Thinking that this can be in full rolling mode uh, in a month for me, it's kind yeah. of uh, there's no way. Right?
0: Maybe they're so, really strong,
1: they're really strong, but it, it seems very accelerating.
0: Yeah, I, I think we, we do need to we kind of make, we need to sort of parse out what what that statement applies to. When they said, "Hey, we're not gonna, mm-hmm. we're not going to expose the ATT prompt," and there's the there's a the blog post, and then there's also a really good explainer video. I'll link that mm-hmm. in the post for this. Where in a, a Google employee just kind of walks through all this, and she adds a lot of color that's absent the blog post is very short; it's a couple hundred words. Yeah,
1: the blog but post is just PR. The the the, the video yeah. is the interesting bits.
0: So I think there were there were two interesting pieces from the from the uh, from the video for me that I think are worth unpacking. So the first was that okay, they said they're they're not going to expose the ATT prompts in their own and operated apps, right? That uh, that access IDFA and other identifiers, right? So okay. Take, take that statement for a second um, and let's pull it apart. So, okay, owner-operated, so fine. That's, you know, they've got a, a Google has, you know, some, whatever, dozens of, of owner-operated apps, Google Sheets, right? Google Maps, uh, Gmail. I think it's around Most 80 the,
1: apps they have on the App Store.
0: Right. Most of those aren't really that important as ad-serving mechanisms, right? So collecting data and and then using, and then, so, so serving ads, and then collecting, you know, data to use for the purposes of optimizing conversions, right? So that's
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's the kind of pr- that's a pr- kind of primary use case here. So if you think about Gmail, yeah, they collect. I'm sure Gmail collects a lot of data, but they're not they're not mapping that to conversions that happen as a result of clicking ads. So it's not really that valuable for enriching the sort of ad um, ad serving mecha- uh, uh, infrastructure. But but you so if we there are a couple that are right. So YouTube is probably the number one, right? That's that's uh, YouTube, that's probably the most important. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the elephant. Everything else is, you know, to a much lesser degree. Maybe Google Google Maps has ads, right? Um, maybe that's Yeah, but they're not really
1: app ads, so I don't think they really care. Uh, in my opinion, like here, there are only two apps that really are uh, in, like, that are critical for Google app ads to keep running uh, efficiently. One is YouTube and is huge. The other one is the Google search app, like the one that's called yeah. just Google, uh, which right. is basically, I mean, some people search on Safari or Chrome, Some people search on this native search app and maybe they could switch all of this into into browser. So they could actually deprecate that app technically, but YouTube, there's no way, uh, like like YouTube is where we want to focus the the attention on. It makes me think of, of going backward one step before we get into that of how they're not showing it in YouTube. I understand how they're not showing it in calendar or something which right. is when they first did the announcement, we're not going to show uh, consent, the prompt. My first reaction was actually just, eh, just like Facebook said, in a month or two, they're going to realize that they do. Yeah. So that, for me, it was the obvious answer. And I didn't even think about the consequences of, oh, how could they not show the prompt and still operate Google UAC? Yeah. My, my, my first reaction was, all right, that's fun. They waited five months after Facebook to make the same as, uh, like, to make the same statement. And yeah, and and I bet that in April this is this is history. Like, this is something we're gonna laugh at, or probably yeah. we're gonna have forgotten. And and I, and I and I closed the I closed the discussion there. For me, it was obvious. But then I got into thinking that actually maybe I was wrong. That they they might. I mean, they're not stupid. They have thought hard and loud about uh, what they're going to do. And for them to say it like with such assurance, they had to have s- some plan in mind. And then it got me thinking, and and this is where we are today, that it's not as simple as, no, they're wrong. They're not going to show the prompt. Which still It's still an hypothesis that they're going to end up res- reverting that decision. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time they say something and they end up doing the opposite. Um, yeah. So there's still an option that they do show the prompt. And I believe if they do, they're only gonna show it in YouTube and the Google search app.
0: Well well, you're 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 fast-forwarding it. But yeah, I, I agree with you. My 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 initial reaction was the same that okay, they're they're gonna walk this back. But they did make the initial announcement after Facebook had walked it back, right? So they had the benefit of seeing Facebook's yeah. kind of public missteps, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which makes it makes it 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 makes it kind of um hard to believe that they'll just they'll fully walk that back or you know they'll kind of they'll sort of fully reverse course but but okay so when we talk about google not showing the prompt what we're what we're we're really talking about the substance of that idea is youtube not showing the prompt right yeah so how how could they do that how so let's let's say that um let's say that they 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 legitimately can fully comply with att while not showing the prompt how could that be possible well you know, just given what the statement they've made, right, that that own and operated apps are going to show. Well, the, one, the, 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 the easiest explanation is, well, we mean that for all Google apps, but YouTube is really a YouTube app, right? YouTube's a separate app. And so YouTube will show the prompt, right? I mean, they could word it that way and it, it, yep. it would be, you know, that'd be fine. Um, There's so an element
1: of context here in reverting the decision, whether it's for YouTube or for other apps is when they release that statement, their apps have been blocked for two months from being released, like, I mean, YouTube right. has been updating since. But I think they also had to, like, you had to factor there was other other conversation at play with Apple, and yeah. maybe the communication was not entirely with other app developers, but also send a message on that one. And they could revert now that they found a solution to release. I mean, it's past context. This is behind us. But we have to remember the timing. So, but yeah, your conversation is that, okay, they might revert because... YouTube is a, part, a very particular product. It's not Google. It's yeah. YouTube. And, and we're showing it there. And here I see how uh, app ads could continually uh, con- continue operate the same way they do right now. As one, one thing that we have to remember is that when we're talking about the Facebook ad platform and the Google ad platform, we're talking about very different platform. I mean, Facebook platform is it's, its own inventory on Facebook, on, mm-hmm. on, on Instagram, a little bit of Messenger and the audience network that is still under question that it will if it will be operate like third party uh, inventory if it will still be included but the the magnitude of of the audience network for facebook is nothing like the magnitude of the display network or ad mob for yeah. google so here we're yeah. talking about entirely different things and so because google has like search ad mob and youtube whereas facebook has really facebook instagram and a little bit of the audience network and that's where the conversation is is very different so if we take the the inventory on google well the inventory on AdMob. mob i mean if the publisher and the advertiser get the consent they can operate that based on that i mean they've got aggregated data from scan and then they they can model the conversion based on the intersection of consented uh, cohorts from uh, both sides without having to to request any consent uh, at all here, which for me raises a little bit of question of of the role as an intermediary and it's very similar to what they did by declaring themselves controller controller in the controller controller in the in the GDPR conversation. But it's actually legit. I mean, there's a third party. Developer has got the consent to share with third party. They're just the man in the middle. That's perfectly fine. So my conclusion here was actually AdMob can operate. Then you take the search part and the search part operated in the Google search app is a bit more like the YouTube one, but I would assume it's a minority. I'm not sure about the numbers here. And the one that operates through the browser is a completely different distinction. And we can talk about that, but let's simplify and assume that somehow they're gonna to manage to get to that one. It's a, a quite of a complex situation here, which leaves down YouTube here. And personally, the conclusion i got I, I got to on the YouTube side is that either they're gonna request the consent in YouTube and not the other apps because they really need it, or they're gonna entirely modelize the YouTube inventory like with no user level data points which sounds kind of crazy to me and hard to execute, even if it's just one app. And the last option, and I don't think it's happening in the short term, but in the mid long term, it's not entirely discarded, is that they could split up YouTube from from UAC and run UAC on on search and display only. Um, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. I'm saying this could be, you know, they don't want to request the prompt. They don't want like this... Scrutiny. They just split up YouTube, and on YouTube you run web campaigns and branding. Like I oh mean, they they're doing a lot of money on on branding campaigns. Uh, I don't know when you look at YouTube, how much is the how much is the app versus the web, and how much is actually performance versus just like exposure and branding campaigns. I I, I don't have the answer to these questions. Um, well,
0: yeah, but but that's so. But it's important to, to make a distinction there, because the app campaigns, yes, a hundred percent. You know, it, it's very obvious what what the application here of ATT is, but the web campaigns also mobile web campaigns are also, um, you know, under under the governance of ATT, right? That's what that's what we learned with Facebook. Yeah, right? So a- YouTube, it's not just app and soft uh, campaigns that are affected here. It's it's also yeah. click out to the web that's that's impacted here. So I think I think so. I think you're right about a lot of things. I want a couple of things I wanted to just just quickly interject with. One, so yeah, I mean, so if we're just talking about own and operated apps, right? YouTube is the big the big monster when we start talking about UAC though it's different right UAC is this kind of um, menagerie of of ad systems that they've sort of packaged together into this product right and a lot of that is just there is GDn Google display Network um, for app advertisers that's not very valuable right but for web advertisers it is yeah uh, and so I think that to me so here here's here I just 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 to kind of like uh, retrace our steps a little bit so YouTube, it It seems it seems not credible to me that Google would just walk away from let's call it 20%, twenty percent twenty twenty percent often, right? twenty percent often, they would just completely walk away from that in terms of capturing those conversions and using those to model the rest of the traffic, right? I mean, if there's one thing that Google's really good at, it's it's this kind of you know sort of machine learning learning driven targeting um and and you know and and kind of using very large data sets to to sort of uh, to to enrich its its targeting mechanisms, right? It would seem odd to me that they were just walking away from that wholesale. Um, now, we're so talking that's about one,
1: billions here. Eh? We're not talking about pocket money.
0: Right. Well, so yeah. So in the article, actually, I mean, I, I kind of broke this out, right? So which you read, which I, I don't know if all of published publishing. The article but,
1: that wasn't published. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But but it was so good. YouTube did, I want to say 6.7 billion last quarter, right? So if we just extrapolate that out, just straight line that out, um, uh for a year right say 20 2021 it's a straight line now there's, there's problems with that because it's q4 but just just for the sake of simplicity uh let's call it like 28 billion let's round it up 28 billion uh for the year in youtube revenue let's say that just only 10 percent of that was ios right and now when we say 10 percent of that being ios we're talking um web and app cam- campaigns that's still bigger than snapchat right youtube ios revenue is likely bigger than Snapchat. It's not this small time, you know, pocket change that they can just just throw away. Now, if we talk about opting in versus opting out, well, if they did, you know, let's say that they do the opt in and they only 20% of that would be retained, right? So there's still kind of like this this threat to 80% of that, you know, being degraded in terms of just targeting efficiency. But still, that 20% is not just they retain tw- that they retain 100% of the efficiency on that 20% and then they lose you know, 100% of the efficiency on the 80%. Well, that 20% helps to enrich the 80%, right? I mean, there's a lot of money at stake, and so it just seems odd to me that they would say, "Nope, we don't care. We're gonna we're gonna just totally walk away from this, right?" So it it just seems not credible that 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 they're not going to expose the ATT prompt on you on YouTube or that they don't have some kind of workaround, right? So that's option one. They just they show that they show that they show that. Well, option one is they don't show the the, the, the prompt on YouTube just like they said. Option two is, well, we actually define Google apps in a different way, and it's got to have Google in the name. So any app that has Google in the name, we won't show the prompt, but YouTube is sort of different, and we're going to show the prompt there, right? That, that would be understandable. So that's option two. Option three is, okay, they, they really don't show the prompt, and they strip all the data out of, UT, out of YouTube that they need to strip out to make it compliant with not showing the prompt. Um, and that's a lot, right? I mean, if you just mentioned that YouTube uh, updated, finally got its app update through, which included the privacy nutrition label. There's a lot of data there that they list out that they use for tracking it and that they use for third party advertising right it would be a big ta- just 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 the um just the process of stripping that out alone would be a big undertaking not to mention the fact that a lot of that data has you know sort of fundamental kind of product use cases right like you can't no. just strip it out and the product just continues to function as normal
1: yeah i think that's something people miss it's not like they can severe the connection of using it for ads like a lot of things they're actually critical for using the product a little bit in the similar manner of so people may know that now the the facebook login like the sso has two versions one where you can facebook login but it's just to log in and nothing else and one where if you give consent this facebook login can be used for for instance to interact with your friends in the app and i compare some of the features of youtube that needs this kind of data that is subject to the consent more like to playing with your Facebook friends in a, in a game, for instance, where, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's fundamental to the experience to actually use that data. It's not like, oh, let them just cut the tracking and we keep using YouTube just the way it, it used to be. Like, it, 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 there's a lot more intricacy than a lot of people uh, see behind this. And even if they could, I mean, it can't be done in such a, a short period of time. And then it would have consequences on UAC. So it's kind of like there are really several crossing here to get to the path of they don't show the concern. UAC and the YouTube product both operate perfectly. I, I think yep. this is a very long way between the two the the, the two bits of, of the road. Here.
0: Right. Okay. So now I want to sort of swing back to where you got to. <laughs> Okay. which is the really <laughs> important piece here, which is the context. So I mentioned there were two big um, reveals in the in the YouTube um, companion video for the blog post. The first was that, okay, we're talking about owner and operated apps here. The second uh, big reveal in the YouTube video, I think it was around the 10 minute mark, was that, um, that, that YouTube will continue. so Sorry, fa- so, <laughs> let me start over. Google will do conversion modeling based on opted in traffic in Google display network. That to me was massive, right? So what Google is saying here is, look, we run a third party ad network. We're gonna see lots of conversions. They won't be in our apps. They'll be in our partners' apps, right? They'll be in the apps that are buying traffic or selling traffic in our network and we'll see who's opted in. So we've got this giant pool of opted in data that we can model conversions on. We don't need our and operated data, right? We operate the biggest ad network in the world. Why do we need our own data for this? I mean, we'll have tons of it that's just supplied from our advertisers and publishers, right? And that made, that that gave me pause. Okay, well, then that makes total sense, right? Yeah, FAN is, is a tiny slice of Facebook's revenue, and it's probably not that um, sort of important for them. But Google Display Network is gigantic, right? And Google Display Network you know, does probably have enough power there in terms of just generating this pool of data from opted-in users to then apply across Google. Now, whether they sort of um, whether they sort of ring fence that data within just Google Display Network and and because I think it's fair to say, hey, look, um, you know, you're an advertiser, you're a publisher, you've got opted-in traffic. Well, other other people are benefiting from modeling that happens on your opted-in traffic, but you're also benefiting from modeling that happens on other people's opted-in traffic. So it's wash. We all kind of. <laughs> we're all in this together. We're all pooling our data, and, and you know, we're just enjoying this. We're a, we're like a commune. Um, it, that's one thing. But if if Google then says, okay, well now we're going to take that data, we're going to apply it to our own and operated apps, right? Our first party inventory. That to me, um, you know, is a is a kind of boundary that gets crossed here. Uh, that you know is 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 not really in the spirit of ATT. What do you think about that? Is it is does that sound like too much of a tin hat kind of thing?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I, I see why you, you thought it was a bump. But in my opinion, it actually, it wasn't a bump. For me, it was clear that they're going to use the consented part of third party to model their conversion. Like this was kind of a, a given to me. The the part like they are, they are like the, the one bit here is that it, and I have a strong reason to think that is that uh, you hear the ad, like people who manage the advertisers account, like sales reps or whatever you call them, account managers, basically the people in Dublin here trying to raise our bids and budgets uh, who say, we insisted on guys, you really need to raise your, your consent rate because we need it to perform efficiently. And it's kind mm. of they'll delegate the hard job of showing the prompt and get consent onto, onto third party. And obviously if, Advertiser only get 10% of the of consent. Uh, campaigns are going to be less optimized than if they get 50% because the, okay. the modelization has less data to based on. But fundamentally, I can see how they can escape. They're like, this is not going through any app of ours. Uh, it's just, you know, other people, they got consent. We use it. This looks legit to me. And I don't think there's a lot of things that Apple can do against that. The, the problem is that this data that they collect consented by third party cannot be used to cross YouTube and actually modelize YouTube. Like it's not something that they, there's, a, there's an obstacle there. It's not You cannot use this data set and extrapolate what the YouTube uh, conversions are because the YouTube inventory is so fundamentally different to, to the AdMob inventory. Like, uh, by the way, but for for small technicality, like AdMob and the display network are not the same thing. But we're 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 talking here uh, of, of the two interchangeably. Like it doesn't really matter. Basically, the, the the display inventory we're talking about. But YouTube wouldn't be able to use those conversion. Um, so there's still a problem. This is something I'm not seeing. Um, the fact they're using uh, those consented conversions from third party. Yeah, I think that was obvious that they were going to do that.
0: Well, yeah, but I, I, so they won't be able to, so my, of course, they won't be able to use it for like targeting purposes, especially if there's no opt-in or there's no opt-in at all, right, for YouTube. Yep. Yep. But th- that's still useful data, right, because they'll still hmm. get, you know, they're, they're still getting a lot more insight into what people are clicking on and what matches with what um, that drives conversions, right, that yep. drives monetization. And then they can sort of use the YouTube context and match those two things together. I mean, that still benefits YouTube. It's not now. It's not. It's not. It's not as beneficial as saying, "Hey, user A likes strategy games," or "User A is in the market for traveling soon." So let's show them a travel. It's 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 not it's not that helpful because they won't have the if They won't have any sort of targetability. Um, but but it's still helpful. I mean, it's still something that it's still that to me best explains why they just wouldn't care. Why they could just walk away, right? Because what what is twenty percent of opt in on YouTube? mean for them when they've got twenty percent or you know roughly across the entirety of of um of this third party traffic set, right? That's going to be much more valuable, I think, in in sort of like circling back some insight into their own and operated apps for mm-hmm. for targeting ads.
1: I don't know. I mean, I think they really need both because I mean, the data can be used for targeting purposes, but to be useful for targeting, you need to first measure it. So, yeah, you measure it from AdMob and then you improve the targeting, but you still want to measure the specific conversions that are happening on the on the YouTube inventory. And I think we, we there's still a there's still an issue here. I think it's actually a big issue, and and it's it's bigger than we think. Like the the part where they they would only use uh modelization from YouTube and from like entirely, and then from on AdMob they do have part of full visibility at user level. I still see a, a loss of efficiency of the entire ad platform uh, by losing that part. It's a very valuable part.
0: Oh, no, I totally agree. I mean, there's still some loss there, but it, it, it's the only thing, because you know, the, their, their hand was forced. I mean, they had to change something. Yeah. Um, so that's the, the, to me, that's the only, aside from them saying, yeah, we are just, we're just we, we classify YouTube as a sort of different app. And so that's not what we meant when we said no no prompt. Um, aside from that, it's the only way I could explain them not really caring about the opt-in.
1: So the 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 only solution outside of that, which because basically we reach a point where we said either one, they're gonna revert the decision, or two, they're gonna modelize based on something that has less value than it used to. And it's weird that they would leave some inventory on the table. The the kind of third I know I know you've got a third way that is not the same as mine, but uh, kind of third way is find a way to use this data in an anonymized way, just like sort of a mini flock just for YouTube. And yeah, yeah, it seems the timeline is stretched, but the 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 hint that we got is inside this video, there's a slide they go through relatively quickly where they, they talk about absurd conversion, they talk about model conversion, they talk about lost conversion, and they actually yeah. tell that there's going to be more lost than they used to. But there's a new part that wasn't in USC until now and exists now, which is, Absurd through anonymized identifiers. Can yeah. I have executed this in three months? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I don't think so. But maybe they did some magic. But in the long term, I guess this is where their work is going. Using more and more um, not aggregated, like scan does, like everybody's aggregated, but like groups of people, more like more like the flock concept. But maybe they found a simpler way to execute that in a in a restricted environment that is that is YouTube. And it's the playing ground. But this seems highly hypothetical and very complex to, to execute in time frame. But what, what else is there? Losing money or reverting the decision? And those are, mm-hmm. are, are the three options I'm seeing.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, keep in mind, even if they do show the prompt, it's still probably going to be like 20% opt-in, right? So it's not like everything's yeah. the same.
1: Yeah, not everything stayed the same, but uh I kind of I, I kind of trust them that they're gonna manage an age to extrapolate from say 20 percent, uh uh like sufficiently and model model modelize sufficiently well that the that the efficiency wouldn't be too hurt. I like, am not super concerned about them just because of the scale of the data set, mm-hmm. it's just absolutely absolutely massive. I had once an interesting conversation with a, with an analyst at, at Google and I tried to make him talk about at which percentage of of, uh, user-level data do you get which loss of efficiency? Like, what if it's 50%? What if it's 10%? And he clearly told me, like, uh, well, if I knew, I couldn't tell you. But the truth is that we we don't know. We we can't modelize it like a, a simple curve of, okay, if we have... 20 percent it's 80 percent of efficiency there's no way one can think about that in in such a simpler manner that is the human brain can understand but because the machine is so much more complex than that and, and he really admitted that they're not they're not exactly sure about which percentage it's just like uh, the the vaccine for uh, some people yeah. say okay we need 70 percent so that it works for everybody and here yeah. what is like if it's 20%, do we, do we reduce the spread by X? Like, it, it's really hard to modelize this thing. And, and But I, I want to believe that even with 20% consent, they would still have very solid data to maintain the efficiency of the platform. Um, I also believe that they might get more than 20% um, themselves um, through, let's say, I was about to say dark patterns, but let's say uh, UX optimization, to say it in a yeah. positive way. Um, I don't want to be all negative in here um, so I mean some developers got way more than 20% consent and here yeah. they only need YouTube, it's not like they need to cross it between the publisher and the advertiser they just need it, yeah. I mean they have it on their side, that's it, this is enough for them um, so yeah uh, doesn't solve our question Like uh, because here we're assuming again that they are going to show the prompt and me, I want to think that there is a possibility that they won't. Uh, my initial stance is they will, but I'm trying to think with you, how are they not going to do it?
0: Yeah, right. No, exactly. Well, yeah, I've heard, um, so yeah, two two kind of responses there. So i have just talking to, you know, just everyone I can about who's doing the pre-prompt experimentation. Yeah. I've heard such a wide range of opt-in rates yeah. between 5% and, and like 60 so no. yeah, maybe maybe YouTube squeezes out a little. bit. I think YouTube is better positioned than Facebook for sure. Yeah. Especially, I don't. Even, I think a lot of people don't even know that YouTube's owned by Google. I mean, it's the same <laughs> with Instagram and Facebook. No, really. I mean, I know, I know, um, I know.
1: I'm laughing, but not because it's not true.
0: <laughs> but but the other, your other point about what percentage of opt-in do you need to get to to get tracking herd immunity? <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. But and I've, I've I think that's very context dependent, and that's actually really interesting to think about with YouTube because I feel like it's lower for YouTube. Right? I think if if you have a very sort of niche or specific uh, you know use case with your app uh, or your product, you need a higher percentage of opt-in because there's just too much bias that goes into that opting in. Um, but with a, something like YouTube, I don't think there is. I think you reach such a broad swath of people like the sample is going to be more uh, evenly distributed across like, you know, intents or personality types or whatever. Uh, whatever yeah. whatever sort of uh, you know sort of impetus uh, manages that decision for you. Um so maybe with YouTube it's they don't need 50% in order to in order to sort of like um, effectively model across the opt out maybe they do need like 40 um uh, they only need 40% or 30% I don't know whatever it is and so could they close that gap could they say look our baseline opt in is 20 we need 40 um to get to you know targeting herd immunity yeah we could we could find a way to do that um i don't know that's inter- that's interesting to think about because i've talked to some apps that are that are more niche and you know what they're you know when working you know working with with teams to help them think through this and like it's just they need 60 percent, right they yeah. can't do it without it right yeah. and and so you know and and especially the, the the more niche apps too tend to have lower opt-ins um yeah. you know in niche apps i'm talking about you know like core strategy games and 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 just just any app that is a very specific use case right so a lot of the subscription apps um but can, it, can, it's interesting can... to think about. Sorry.
1: I can see that one way. thing coming there is that if if what we assume here is true, like they need a certain level of percentage to, to get to this tracking herd immunity, I love the term, and they're going to try to raise like the, the, the opt-in rate and they might be able, um, you can look at what they did with, with uh, Gmail actually, which is if you opt out of uh, personalization there, You've got a bunch of features removed, which is specifically against the Apple guidelines. Like Apple said, you can't gate features behind consent, but it's still the way they did it in Gmail. I mean, if you don't consent for personalized ads, you can't get the, I don't remember how they call it, like auto writing in Gmail or whatever. They might find stuff in YouTube that is borderline because Apple say not to, but that they can legitimately say, oh yeah, but look, if we can't have user level data, we can't provide... Uh, the recommendation in that way yeah. or that way yeah. or whatever. Right. And actually force, I don't want to say force, like uh, push people into consenting more than the normal app is. And here we've got the gap. They need less consent because of the sheer scale and breadth of it. And they have ways to motivate people to consent more than a lot of people have. And maybe they just bridge the, the gap this way.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah, confident good point. that
1: if they're going to show the prompt, they're gonna manage to modelize from that. Like, I mean, I'm 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 confident uh, that they will. Like, based on yeah. of the scale, because of their experience in in modelization and machine learning from samples, and also because of a, of a point that I know is very controversial and you strongly disagree with me, is uh, I, I I believe that the power of the targeting and the machine learning in in Google App Ads is actually overstated. Uh, I believe this is like a a gigantic bazooka that is shooting and looking at the flies fall. And even if the efficiency of this machinery is uh, less than it used to be, it's not going to stop them from selling that inventory at the same price, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be massive enough so that people flock outside of the platform. So I think they're like, you know what? It's slightly less effective. Fuck it. We just sell it the exact same way. It doesn't matter. (laughs)
0: okay <laughs> um, th- this is I think just to kind of cap this off so I think it's also important to, to to consider this whole discussion against the backdrop of uh the uh revenue share that Google has with Apple for uh default browser or so default search engine status right I mean you can't it's just impossible to divorce those two those two thoughts right they're not independent they don't in- exist independently Um, so that, that, that could potentially inform, uh, you know, the inform, inform the, um, the outcome here. Hey, Thomas, I could talk to this stuff. Uh, (laughs) I could talk to you about this stuff all day. Uh, I unfortunately have a hard stop in two minutes. I want to just pose one question to you and you can answer it yes or no, or just, you know, defer. Do you think browsers will have to show the ATT prompt?
1: No, no, but they should, but they won't. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thomas it's been a, a pleasure i'm um, happy to chat with you today and uh and i hope you are uh enjoying uh enjoying life sure. um in these COVID times uh i'm i'm afflicted with uh, potentially something even more disruptive than covid which is a freak winter storm in texas which has basically shut everything down um but uh, I'm glad I got to carve some time out to talk to you today
1: yeah. Likewise. And uh, anybody interested, you're welcome to follow that conversation in the Privacy Apocalypse channel in the in the MDM uh, Slack. I learned a ton from that, and I'm happy to keep, keep that conversation going there.
0: And where where else can people find you?
1: Uh, look for Thomas BCN anywhere. I should be able to find me LinkedIn, Twitter, MDM Slack, Quantmar, mm-hmm. uh, Subclub, uh, name it. I'm everywhere except Instagram and YouTube. Actually, so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Find me there. (laughs) Cheers, Thomas. Have a great day. Bye-bye.